Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Oh my 
you send me a voice clip when I've got 10 seconds to air. Dude, I don't have time right now. <laughs> um, he says, I'll take a look if you want, see if we can fix that SD live feed issue. You know, I'm going through a mixer, so whatever. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see about doing that. Anyhow, but I'm on the air right now, John, so I'm going to close your chat window. Back to Tom Dwyer and the Big Daddy Roadshow. You can win hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and cash. Uh, we, as the show host, just got to let our listeners know. The prize drum closes at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's 3 p.m. our time on the on the Pacific Coast. Um, and the prizes are going to be pulled on Facebook Live at 8.40 p.m. tonight. So I guess that's 5.40 p.m. For us over here. So anyway, thanks, Tom. So again, look up the Big Daddy Roadshow. That's BigDaddyRoadshow.com, um, or you can look them up on Facebook. Just look up the Big Daddy Roadshow, and it's and I'll be forewarned, it is adult comedy. So there is going to be a little bit of cussing. So if you're going to listen to the Big Daddy Roadshow, don't have your little ones around. <laughs> Oh, come on. They, they don't need to have their little ones around when we're on the air either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, um, I was going to, oh, that, rem- <laughs> that reminds me. I've got this funny story. So, I've got this mix on my iPod that's called Kung Fu Mix 1. And it was a mix that um, a student of mine made for me about, I don't know, about six years ago, and <laughs> toward the <laughs> oh gosh, and toward the end of this uh, of this mix, it's a it's a bunch of like metal and rock and roll and stuff like that, and there's <laughs> and there's this one song that that talks about a prison bitch, right? <laughs> and so I'm playing it like really loud, and I've got Tiny Tigers class, and that, yeah, Tiny Tigers class yesterday, and yeah. So and here's this song talking about you know a <laughs> prison bitch or something like that. If anyone knows that song, something like I'll be your prison bitch or something like you'll be my prison bitch or something. <laughs> it's like really, really. And I, I just started talking really loud so that way the tiny tigers couldn't hear it. You know, that's all you need is a bunch of three to five-year-olds hearing this stuff. And then the parents are laughing hysterically in the waiting room. So anyway, so that's, uh, that's what went on there. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Steve Bob muted his mic for a second because he is at the Martial Arts History Museum. So, Bob, tell us what's going on at the ah, Martial Arts History Museum. Well, it was, it was funny. Michaels has walked in, and, uh-huh. you know, they had the Elvis Gee unveiling last night, and he expected, oh. you know, 20 people, you know, uh-huh. and there was like 60 people here. The place was packed. They had one of the, James, one of the guys who played James Bond here, uh, you know, Daryl Vidal and April... You know, Daryl did the original Karate Kid. Uh, uh-huh. They had Frank Trejo. They had the Parker family here. Benny the Jet showed. Uh, uh-huh. It was quite an evening, I guess, last night. I couldn't make it, but I, I hear it was a great unveiling. And it was funny. It was, a, it was an a- absolutely free event, but a lot of donations were made. 
to the museum, which is very cool. Very cool. Right on. Now, does this gi have, like, high collars on it, <laughs> like in jumpsuits? No, but now I'm glad you said that. It does not have high collars, but the gi bottoms mm -hmm. are like bell bottoms. Yeah, they're flared. They're flared yeah. out. Wow. And his belt is a seventh degree belt, and it, it has in gold his name embroidered wow. in it. So wow. it's actually really cool. But you would look at this, and you know this this gi has to be over forty years old. Exactly. Right. Because right. It, to, this year is actually the fortieth anniversary of Elvis Presley's death this year. Right. Mm -hmm. And this gi looks like it's about a week old. The belt's still yeah. nice and black. The gi's perfect, uh, perfect color. Everything has the, the Ed Parker's uh, uh, patches all over it. And it's actually really cool. Now they've got it in a case so nobody can touch it. Mm -hmm. It's really wow. cool. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That, so, yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it when I come down there in May. Yeah, it, be awesome. it's insane. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I guess custom made just for him. And, and I was asking Mike about the flared out pants. He said, yeah, everything custom had to be around his era and his liking. That's why they're so flared out. Uh, wow. But, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have the, the high up collars that he used to wear. Okay. But I've seen so that kind of that, I've seen him wear that kind of gi where it has a high yeah, collar. So have I. So have I. And and the and I've seen him wear like a gi pants that look like his like his jumpsuit pants, which are like really tight and then flared out at the bottom. It's like how do you kick in that, Elvis? <laughs> how do you do that? that that's exactly <laughs> what these are. They're flared out but really tight. So they're just like his jumpsuits. That's interesting. So they must be made out of some stretchy something or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, you know those kind of pants that old ladies wear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that kind of material, like like yeah. elastic, I forget what it, rayon or something, yeah. Rayon, polyester, or something like that. <laughs> and of course, you know, in the 70s, that's all they wore was polyester. Right, right, exactly. All right, well, I know you're busy there, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, get started with what I can get started on over here. And uh, let's go ahead and start with some uh, birthdays. Um, do you have any birthdays just right off the top of your head? <laughs> Not off the top, but let me. While I've got you on the phone, let me look as soon as my Facebook comes up. I'll go to events, go to calendar, and right. let's see. Today we have Soki jo Joseph Miller, uh, the yep. head of the uh, uh, the Humbo jo Dojo in uh, in Japan. Uh, Wade Shoe Room Master Don Joyner is also today. Our buddy mm -hmm. Michael Rivera, his birthday is tomorrow. One of uh, past, not really guests, but we interviewed her at like the first Dragon Fest, or this, no, I think it was the second one. Uh, Teresa Ireland, remember that real pretty oh, yeah. blonde actress? Right, uh, right. Her birthday is also tomorrow. Uh, let's see, nobody on Tuesday, Wednesday, nobody. Uh, on Thursday, though, one of uh, my Jeet Kune Do and Kali instructors, Mark Stewart, is celebrating his birthday. Frank mm -hmm. W. Dukes is celebrating his birthday on Thursday. Michaela Vu from uh, 
the martial arts kid that we've interviewed. Uh, her mm -hmm. birthday is, is on Thursday. Uh, let's see here. Nothing there. Uh, Friday. Nobody. And Saturday. And that's all I have for birthdays. All right. So for me, tomorrow, Tiku Ford Edwards is having a birthday. And uh, one of my former students, Kaylee Gillum, is uh, having a birthday. On Tuesday the 4th, John Huddleston is having his birthday. And uh, <laughs> my old buddy from high school, Steve Eng, um, is, uh, is having a birthday. On Wednesday, Fred Wolf McCubbin and Andy Moynihan um, are having a birthday. Andy is an old friend of mine from swordforum.com, which is a um, online forum about, well, swords. <laughs> Duh, right? Duh, also, yeah. Duh. We've also got Mark Burroughs and Soren McQuigan on Wednesday the 5th. And who else do I have? Cindy Cindy Hodeshell um, also on the 5th. Janine Zeller and Sam Wilder on the 5th. On the 6th, you already said Frank Duke. Um, a friend of mine, Dave Rober, also on Thursday. And on Friday, we've got Nick Lopez, Rob Curry, and I think that's it for Friday. And on Saturday, April 8th, my niece from my older sister, Marcy, Marcy <coughs> Canavan Brewer, her birthday's on the 8th, and also a buddy of mine, Brad. Uh, and it's funny, his uh, his profile name is Brad, T-H-U-T-H-A-B-O-N-E, Brad to the Bone. <laughs> and to uh. the chin. I know, isn't that cool? Brad to the Bone. Brad to the Bone, yeah. All right, so for everybody having a birthday this week, this is for you. filming some uh, Felix Rolez videos today. That's why I'm, I've come in to watch the store for Michael for, for the next couple hours. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really a, about it uh, yeah, for the cool. museum. You know, they've got a couple of events coming up. I don't know them off the top of my head, but they had a game night last week with uh, like, oh, great. I don't think hate that when you're thinking and, and all of a sudden the name slips your mind. Yeah, it is. I, I hate it when that happens. Uh, uh, Waggles, uh, uh, Waggle Games is here. Do, yeah, Justin, thank you. I couldn't. I remember his last name. I couldn't remember his first name. Uh, <laughs> and of course, they had the Elvis unveiling with all the people here last night, which was pretty cool. And they've got a couple, of course, honor days coming up. Uh, 
I think they've got. Uh, I think they're redoing a, a Fumio Demura Day uh, in oh. a few weeks. Cool. So that'll be pretty cool. Nice. And uh, that's about it in the museum. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I found out you and Lady Lillian Reed yesterday celebrated a uh, friend anniversary. You've been friends on Facebook for two years and have that's had nice. 1,945 likes on different pictures and postings and so forth. Uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I just announced Michael Rivera's birthday. He just posted a picture of him with his kids at Medieval Times, which is a uh, a dinner and show, you know, with the, oh, the yeah. drumsticks, that sort of thing. Yeah, which, uh, that's cool. Uh, William Christopher Ford used to do one of those types of shows. At, at, he used to do a pirate show. You know, his long hair, and he could be dressed up like a pirate really nice. He used to, used to do those kind of shows. So yesterday, <laughs> this was sort of funny. I was driving this this uh, nice uh, uh, these two women around, and they were going to the convention center. And this one girl looks at me, and they're older; they're they're around my age, or give or take. And uh-huh. they they said, you know, one girl says, "Well, this is a really personal question, but are you married?" I said, "Yeah, for 31 years." And she says, "Good. I want to ask you a question because they're both married." She says, "Would you send your wife a really messed up April Fool's joke. I said, not unless I want to cut off my body. And she said, okay, that's good to know. So, what this girl's husband did was really sort of jacked up. They had bought a table that was worth like a coffee table or something that was made out of like petrified wood, rare wood, and all this stuff. It was several oh, yeah, thousand dollars yeah. for the table, right? They uh-huh. just finished paying off the table. The husband uh-huh. texts her yesterday and says, honey, I'm sorry. The dog chewed one of the corners on the table. Oh, no. So <laughs> she starts to flip out. Oh, no. And, oh, no. And then he says, April Fool. And she was mad. Oh. And she says, what would you do? I said, I'd text him back and say, honey, I met a, new, I met a guy last night. Oh, crap. I got to go. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and then hours <laughs> later, say April Fool, because she was oh. curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I drove, I drove another girl around the other night. It was really funny. She was going on her first date. It was a blind date that she got off Tinder. And oh, okay. I said, well, well, I said, good thing it's not the third date, because you know what that means. And she goes, no, what's the third date mean? I said, the third date means sex. That's what it means. Third date means sex. And she says, uh-huh. oh, thank God. I'm, 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 none of my dates ever go past two. <laughs> <laughs> and then All it was right. really ironic because the next person I picked up works for Tinder. <laughs> and then I told her the story. And I said, then you know what the third date means? Yeah, and if you don't get sex, and the girl said, if you don't get sex on the third date, you better move on. Uh-huh. I was like, that was a little weird for a woman to say that. That sounds like a guy thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I and, think, and, you know, working for Tinder, she's probably just going with what, what is the, you know, normal happening thing. You know, right, so right, and and, right. Was, and I came up with something I'd never heard before, and I came up with it on the fly. 
we were just the girl before that that was on our first date. We were talking about, you know, after the second date, you know, guys just don't want to be friends. They want to be more than that. And she says, yeah, no guy wants to be in the friend zone. I said, no, we don't want to be in the friend zone. We want to be in the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my, where's my rim shot when I need it? (laughs) I came up with that and I thought... And I thought I better remember that because that's some funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. But yeah, you know, end zone. I mean, end end zone. Gross. I don't know how you guys. Gross. Okay. You know the end end zone. The back door. So you went right for that. You, know, you went right for you that. I go. didn't. I had no intentions on going there. Yeah. You, well, you you had no intentions of going there today. So, you were gross. Yeah, you went there. <laughs> That was you. That was all you. That was me. It is, because I'm always looking for something that makes guys sound gross. Anyway. (laughs) And and you know me, and I've said some stuff that just sounds gross to you. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I mean, like, I don't know. You could say, you know, plain milk, and that'll gross me out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway. um, And it was funny. Yesterday, I drove around one of the top executives. For Papa John's Pizza. Actually, it was on Friday. Oh, really? And he's out of Texas. Yeah. And he was talking about uh, they're coming out with a gluten-free pizza and this and that. And and, he, and my tip was that he gave me a $10 gift, uh, gift card for, for Papa John's, which was really cool. So I had pizza yesterday for lunch. And I was saying, I said, yeah, Rick, you know, when we were kids, because we were from our age, and I said, there was no such thing as gluten allergies and gluten this. We didn't, we had no idea. And we still don't really know what the hell gluten is. But right. people are allergic to it. Or people are using it as a crutch. Right. And he said, yeah, when we were kids, it was sit down, eat what's put in front of you, or, or starve. That was how it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> All right. I just want to remind our listeners of our phone number here, 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine, and uh, we're gonna we're running uh, about five ten minutes late, so we're gonna open the phone lines at about eleven thirty five or so, or eleven forty. So um, we're gonna have martial artist and actor Roger Lowe uh, joining us. So um, and pardon the noise, folks, because Secret Bob's at the Martial Arts History Museum. All right, so and you can uh, hear the videos going off, can't you? I can, yeah. It's pretty cool. It it, it makes me feel like I'm right there. <laughs> All exactly. right. Let's let's go through some events here on uh, between April 7th and April 9th. It is the Ocean State Grand National, and the uh, uh, Ocean State Grand Nationals are going to be held at the Crown Plaza Providence Quick Airport, and that's located at 801. Uh, Greenwich Avenue, Warwick, Rhode Island, 02886. So on Facebook, just look up Ocean State Nationals. I was invited by Christine Bennett Rodriguez, and I can't go. So <laughs> thanks, Christine, but I can't go. <clears throat> All right. And let's see here. Another upcoming event. We've got the Expo 11. I love Kung Fu. Can you guys hear that in the background? Pretty cool. 
All right, we've got the Expo 11 and Masters of Martial Arts Award Ceremony 2017. And this is being hold, held at the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City at 600 Chiron Avenue in, in Atlantic City. And this is uh, hosted by Sifu Cliff. And I got several invitations to go to this. <clears throat> but, again, I can't go. <laughs> so let me see if there's anything more about this. More than 150 martial arts gathered together for 90 demonstrations with a great crowd of Kung Fu and Karate Masters. This is an event full of martial arts spirit. The Masters of Martial Arts Award Ceremony is the icing on the cake with a private awards dinner ceremony, um, and it's one of the best of its kind. This is a no-miss event that only happens once with a live movie filming for all to be a part of. Oh, 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 I got to read that again. It only happens... That only happens once with a live movie filming. So is this a one thing, season clip? Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, for nominations, the minimum rank is a black belt. Actors, producers, directors, authors, stuntmen, or others can apply to join us. Only a few weeks left before we do this special event. Join us today. So look it up. The Expo 11 and Masters of Martial Arts Awards Ceremony 2017. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, go right to health news because um, I know Bob's working, so he doesn't have health news or entertainment news, so I'm just going to go right to health news. So let's go on to that real quick. So this is about how controlled breathing or slow breathing can lead to treatments for anxiety disorders and even sudden infant death syndrome. I know, I know, I know, but just listen. Okay. <clears throat> now, this uh, particular article comes from NBC News, and it says, your mom was right. Slow, even breathing can calm you down. Now, scientists know why. Tests in mice pinpoint the brain cells that are triggered when an animal breathes slowly. These cells link breathing to mood and activity. In mice and in humans, this cluster of cells is found deep in the brainstem in what's known as the breathing center, quote unquote. We're hopeful that understanding the center's function will lead to therapies for stress, depression, and other negative emotions, says Jack Feldman, who is a professor of neurobiology at UCLA, who worked on this study. It might even lead to a better way to prevent sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. The team, the team built on decades of work looking for the brain cells that control the effects of breathing. Some work without conscious effort, but others can be controlled. This particular little group works a little like, a little like brain cells that control the heart, says Dr. Mark Krasnow, a Howard Hughes Medical Institute biochemistry professor at Stanford University who oversaw the study. Now he says, unlike the heart's one-dimensional slow-to-fast continuum, there are many distinct types of breaths. For example, you've got the regular, excited, sighing, yawning, gasping, sleeping, laughing, sobbing, and so on, says Krasnow. We wondered if different subtypes of neurons within the respiratory control center might be in charge of generating these different types of breaths. The team worked with mice, genetically engineering them so that these brain cells called the pre-Botziger complex could be controlled with toxins made by the diphtheria bacteria. <clears throat> Now, you guys, I'm just going to say right now, 
you know, just because I'm doing a story about tests on mice does not reflect the thoughts of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. So I just had to put that in there. So don't, don't bomb my inbox. So anyhow, the study, the, the study was hoping that the mice would immediately breathe more slowly once injected with this uh, diphtheria bacteria toxin. As it turns out, it took a few days to notice the change in their behavior, the team reported in the journal Science. Now, if you put them in a novel environment, which normally stimulates a lot of sniffing and exploration, they would just sit around grooming themselves, says Dr. Kevin Yackel, who did the work while a graduate student at Stanford, who's now at the University of California, San Francisco. <clears throat> now, if they can find a way to make the same thing happen in people, it could help treat some anxiety disorders and even prevent sudden infant death syndrome. This center in the brain might be what helps people wake up quickly from a deep sleep if something interrupts their breathing. And it may, uh, and it may be it doesn't do its job correctly in some sleeping infants, the researchers, uh, researchers theorize. Indeed, faster erratic breathing in humans increases alertness and can cause anxiety and even panic, the team wrote in their report. Conversely, slow and controlled breathing has been long known by practitioners of pranayama yoga and qigong to induce relaxation, and related approaches have proven useful for anxiety syndrome and other stress disorders. So there you go. Um, so um, there you go. Uh, another reason to study martial arts, because a lot of martial arts do teach that controlled kind of breathing, especially qigong. Tai Chi and other internal arts and yoga. So there we go. Learn to just breathe, folks. Just breathe. All right. Well, it is 11:29, and unless people Bob has uh, something he wants to add, um, we're just going to go to break. Oh, okay, great. What do you got, Bear? I just heard from Michael that Fumio Demora Day is next Saturday from 4 to 6, just like normal, right here at the museum, 2319 West Magnolia Boulevard in the city of Burbank. Yay! They're also going to have taiko drumming at the same time. Sweet. So you hear that, LA, Burbank, California Pete. If you're out there and can... And can, and can get a chance to meet this wonderful master, Fumio Demura himself. Go to the Martial Arts History Museum next Saturday. Wait, Saturday, right? Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. That's correct. All uh-huh. right, let's do this. Let's go and take a, a short three to four minute break. And when we come back, we'll have actor and martial artist Roger Lowe joining us. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. 
do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is Cicho Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right. And we are back. If you are just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. All right. So I'm hoping that this uh, that this line that's open on my uh, on my uh, board here is our special guest. So I'm just gonna go ahead and and. Uh, just do a quick intro, and then I'm gonna bring this lineup and hope that it's our guest. Now, what are you so, What are you gonna do if it's not? Then I'm gonna have to call him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I have a I have a feeling it is. It's an eight one eight number. So <laughs> anyway, that would be a good this, guess. Yes, yes. Now our our guest Roger Lowe um, is an um, action fight and stunt performer and a martial artist and uh, was inducted into um, the honor roll of martial arts um, by Michael Matsuda himself at the Martial Arts History Museum. And um, our guest has been in, in gosh, there's like too many, too many TV and stage and everything that he's appeared in. So 
why don't we bring up his mic and uh, our guest will tell us a little bit about his background and tell us um, a little bit about his career. So please help me welcome Roger Lowe. And I'm hoping this is his line. Roger, is this you? Roger. Roger Lowe, is this you? 818? Area code 818. <laughs> Area code 818. Roger, is this you? Area code 818. Freezer. Oh, no. <laughs> they dropped. Was it something we said? <laughs> Well, apparently it was that wasn't Roger. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so <laughs> Okay, let me look up his phone number here. Um Now Roger, Roger was um I remember him from Star Trek. Didn't he play like some Klingon uh like a Klingon commander or something like that. All right, let's see if this is let's see if this is Roger now. Roger, is this you? Yeah, hello. 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 That was weird. I couldn't hear you when I answered your line the first time. That was kind of odd. Yeah, I was <laughs> listening to it earlier. The um, when you were talking to Robert. Uh huh. Right on. Well, yeah. So I I've been enjoying the show for the last. Uh, what, 20 odd minutes or half an hour? Yeah, about And an I was hour. on the line. I kept my phone open, you know? Oh, right on. Well, thank you for joining us, and I'm glad the, uh, I'm glad your, your line uh, stayed on. So. Yeah, you know, welcome. Seattle is one of my favorite <laughs> cities. I spent some time there in Seattle, and uh-huh. uh, I just uh, have very fond memories of it. What is it like today? Is it raining at all? No, actually it was kind of it was it was kind of uh cloudy earlier, but now it's sunny. It's spring weather right now. It's that's it's I don't know how I don't know what the temperature is. Let me take a look here on the handy dandy phone. But um it is well apparently it was forty seven degrees at three fifteen AM but it is now it is now 54 degrees in Seattle, <laughs> and it's sunny. My goodness. I know. It's pretty cool. You know, I always kid people, uh, the uh, people that I talk to, other areas other than California, you know. I said, uh-huh. rain? I said, you know how annoying it is for a Californian to put up a convertible top up for rain? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love no to, I love to kid people that are in, like especially Chicago. You know, I have some friends in right. Chicago, uh-huh. and I said, "Listen, winter in California, you wear a darker pair of shorts." <laughs> and I said, funny. "You know," and, and I said, "I hope I don't offend." I just love to give it to them, you know what I'm saying? Because we have lovely weather, as you know, because you're coming back and forth. You know how L.A. is wonderful. It is, it is. You know, uh, a lot of my friends down there are saying, you should move down here. And I'm like, no, it's too expensive and the traffic really sucks. But (laughs) over the last five years in Seattle, everything's gotten really expensive and the traffic really sucks. (laughs) So... Don't talk about my favorite city like that. (laughs) 
it's gotten in Seattle proper, Roger, it's gotten expensive. You know, that's why I live out really? in the Really? I, I wasn't yeah. aware of it when I was there, because I was touring with a show group out of Las Vegas, and I've, I've appeared in Seattle a few times in different areas, you know, different uh, venues. Uh-huh. I did the, uh, is the Olympic Hotel still there? Yep, it's still here. Well, they used to have a marine room, and I appeared there in the marine room. Uh-huh. With the Las Vegas uh, act that I was with. It was, uh-huh. just what, it was a wonderful time when I was there. Um, but like I said, I have fond memories of Seattle. You know, foods and friends and um, the top of the Sorrento. Is that the st- is there yep, still the something Sorrento. up there? The, the yep. top of the Sorrento Hotel? Mm-hmm. The Sorrento is still here, and uh, the the happenings happen at the top of the Sorrento. <laughs> okay, so I've appeared there. So uh, I'm back and forth because, as you, well, as you know, or I'd like to tell the listeners, I'm from Vancouver, B.C., so, I mean, it's a couple hours away driving, yeah. right? Right. I'm right. kind of familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you come up again, and, uh, we, yeah, and you know my friends. Mm-hmm. What's that? I said, if you come up again, let's hang out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's um the the last well, it's been several years. I used to go fishing in the Green River in uh, I, I guess it's uh, uh, Renton. Is it yeah. near near Tacoma? Yeah, Renton. Um, it goes through Renton and um, Maple Valley and Kent. And, yeah, um, well, that kind of thing. Yeah. My buddy, who's from Vancouver, BC, his name is Jerry Wong. Uh, God bless him. He's not living with us. He had one of the biggest plumbing companies in uh, Seattle. Wow. Yeah. So he was a big fisherman, and he took me fishing at the Green River. Ooh. Out of Renton there, <laughs> Kent? Is it Kent? Um, well, the the a visible part of it is in Renton, and uh, okay, yeah, and, yeah. Well, anyways, he took me fishing that one morning, and I hooked onto a, a trophy steelhead. Wow. <laughs> yes, wow. I'm a big I fisherman. Know, right? You know, I'm, I'm a fisherman. I don't do it as much. No, it's it's hard to break away with the kind of schedule right. I have. But when I caught that steelhead, he was so annoyed, or excuse me, pissed off. He was pissed. <laughs> Here he is, a native of that area, and he's never caught anything over twelve pounds. You must, you must have been the good luck charm or something. <laughs> oh, my, but I'm saying I hooked onto it, and he says, you know, and he's swearing at me, and he says, you son of a bee. He says, I've been living here for this long, and I never caught anything over 12 pounds. Here you catch a steelhead it's over 25 pounds. It's a trophy. I have it on my wall, by the way, Ristita. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a trophy steelhead. And for the people that don't know what a steelhead is, it's a seagoing rainbow trout. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they don't catch that uh, uh, big a fish anymore because of the the Indians used to, I believe they're still able to fish them, uh, net them at the mouth. And that's mm-hmm. why the returns have not been big anymore. 
mm-hmm. know, like it, it, it was it was like they they they're hatched in fresh water, then they go out to sea, and then come back to the same area and go mm-hmm. upstream against all the predators, the seals, and the and the the, the, the killer whales, and they spawn. And they go mm-hmm. right back out to sea again. So that's mm-hmm. my little my little uh, lesson on steelhead. <laughs> it's, it's quite a fish. It is, and it's tasty. Oh my goodness, people out there, if you're from points away from the west coast and you've never had steelhead, it's tasty. <laughs> it's tasty. Well, uh, <laughs> the thing is, when I was appearing there. In Seattle, a place called the Trojan Horse. Uh, it's oh. no longer. No, yeah, the Trojan Horse was a place that I wanted to go to for years, um, and then they just disappeared. There's no more Trojan Horse. So when I caught my steelhead, I did not want to cut it up and eat it, so I put it in the the uh, walk-in cooler there. Uh-huh. And I put a boat on it in the walk-in cooler where I was appearing. You know, there's, it was a restaurant too. It was Greek. Uh-huh. It was Greek air, the Greek restaurant. Uh-huh. And I put a big note on there saying, "Do not cook this fish." <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you it know, belongs to the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Bob? You know, Rusty, so, I, I understand that if you really want to be protected really well, that's the kind of horse you want is a Trojan horse. Exactly. Is that you, Bob? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I like that. If you really hey, it's great to talk to you, too, Bob. <laughs> you, too. That was a good one. It gets a rim shot. There you go. <laughs> hey, listen, is that is that a recording of me playing by the rim shot? Um, no, it's just a, just a rim shot. I know, I'm just putting you on. But, but, you know, that's a nice segue, because you're not only a martial artist and an actor, you are a musician. Let's start with that. Normally we ask about our, our uh, guest's um, uh, martial arts background, but you're a musician. Sure. Tell us about how you got into drumming and everything else and playing Vegas and stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you got three hours. Well, we've got about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> we got about an hour. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, maybe you should ask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I started in Vancouver, BC, playing um, drums. Uh, I got influence playing drums when my father took me to a vaudeville show. Okay. And he said, now, i got to tell you, Roger, he says, don't tell Mum we went to this vaudeville show, because there were strippers there. <laughs> so this was a burlesque show, not vaudeville, right? <laughs> no, I'm going way back. Listen, you know, I, I, I've been around a few years, and I go way back to the burlesque days. And he said to me, he says, now, don't tell Mum. He says, I said, okay. And then I was listening to the... The, they're watching the show with the burlesque girls coming out in the stripping, and there was this drummer that was playing this 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 bass that was a floor tom, and it had that pulse, you know, that rhythm. And oh my God, I just said, "Wow, that's really exciting." 
So I got to talk to the drummer, and I finally took lessons from him. His name was Val Mock in Vancouver, and I, I studied with him for, for many years, and then I started doing gigs in Vancouver. Wow. Society work, and I was playing jazz at the cellar in Vancouver, which is a, which is a pretty dominant uh, jazz place, and it was a cellar. It was way down in the basement in, in uh, oh. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I started doing jazz gigs, and I I I, I went and joined the RCAF, uh, the Royal Canadian Air Force. Oh, and I, okay. I got into the band there, in the uh, Air Force there, and the guys that were playing that uh, in that band were CBC guys that played radio and jazz and and Dixieland and, and parades and so I did it all. I, I played concerts. Uh, their parades, walking mm-hmm. around with the drum, and uh, <laughs> doing all the other things, the Dixieland stuff. And so from there, I started uh, playing uh, clubs in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a black club in Chinatown uh-huh. called the Harlem Nocturne. And I'm sure the people oh. in Vancouver say, oh, my God. <laughs> which was a couple of blocks away from the Shanghai Junk where Tommy Chung and Cheech Marin honed their act. And I used to oh, go over cool. there. Yeah, so Tommy and I know each other from Vancouver, Chinatown. Wow. Yeah, we go way back and uh, started doing, the, doing that. And uh, that's the, the history there was that Tommy Chung owned, his family owned the building that had his club called the Shanghai Junk. Wow. The Shanghai yeah, Junk. Yeah, so uh, that's how far back I go in Vancouver. And then a group out of uh, Vancouver started touring uh, the Northwest, like Portland and Seattle and that area. And their drummer was going to be, I, I replaced their drummer. They said, Roger, would you like to join us on the road? And mm-hmm. I was, I was like 20, 20 years old. And I said, sure. So I started touring the Northwest out of an agency out of Seattle called the Jack uh-huh. Belmont. Yeah, Jack Belmont was out of Seattle. And mm-hmm. he booked this Portland, Seattle, uh, Salem, Bedford, Oregon, and he booked us in Alaska a couple of times. Then I went was on the road, and then I went to uh, the Nevada area in Reno, and uh, someone at the at the bar I knew uh, said, you know, they're looking for a drummer, and they had the open auditions for a couple of weeks now, Uh Uh, but. You might want to consider going up there and uh, auditioning in Lake Tahoe. And I said, yeah, what's the name of the group? And he said, the Kings Four. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, you know. So I called him up, and he says, well, come on up. And he says, uh, and do the audition. So I auditioned for it, and like I said, it was the, the audition was open for a couple of weeks, and I figured, well, they probably got somebody anyways, you know. And he says, then I auditioned for it, and they really liked me. Because I could play Dixieland, I could play jazz, and I could play shows, and blah, blah, blah. So uh-huh. that 
changed my life, you guys. The wow. first gig I had was Las Vegas, Nevada at the Thunderbird Hotel. Wow. Cool. Uh, and who was in the main room but Judy Garland? Really? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I wow. was in hog heaven. Are you kidding? I'll bet. That really changed my Garland? life. It really it was a real page turner for me to uh, yeah. join that because they were very high profile. One of the most high profile lounge acts in Las Vegas and in the Nevada mm-hmm. circuit. Or if people knew that that around that time, I'm talking about '65, '66. They were a very popular act. They opened for for Nat King Cole and and uh, Sinatra and Danny Thomas. You know, it was a very high profile mm-hmm. act, and I was their drummer. That's cool. <laughs> and working working the uh, we did forty weeks out of the year in in Nevada. We did uh, Reno, Vegas, Lake Tahoe, and uh, it was uh, it was wonderful times. Oh, cool. And uh, I can go on and on. I have so many stories of Las Vegas. I know. (laughs) I know. Because it's like, you know, we want to hear them. (laughs) But we'll Uh, get to some more of those stories after we talk a little bit about your acting career. Um, So can we do, can we, can we kind of segue into that? Certainly. Certainly. All right. Now you, you've got a long acting career also and I don't even know where to start with you know because you've done stage you've done stage and you've done film you've done tv um now what got you into acting Las Vegas ah the, uh, there was a, a branch of the Screen Actors Guild forming in Las Vegas Mm-hmm. So I joined, and it was only fifty dollars then. Oh my God! Wow! You know, it was the best. That's another life-changing uh, decision I, I that, uh, mm-hmm. that I had acquired. Um, so I had uh, joined the guild, and the Maripose, I believe, I, Malpal, Malpazo Productions were in Las Vegas, which was headed by Clint Eastwood. Oh, and cool. he looked over the local guild actors, and he said to the casting director, he says, he circled my picture, and he says, find out if this Oriental guy can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I did an Oriental. interview with the casting director, and I got the gig with uh, in the production of The Gauntlet movie, oh, movie uh, The Gauntlet, that was, uh, where I, I drive Baker around one, right? uh, Clint, Clint Eastwood and Sondra Locke. I'm in that scene. Oh. And cool. uh, so that's how I started. I started right at the top. I got a feature film right off the bat. That's cool. Now, The Gauntlet, that was yeah, the it was one a with another the... life-changing. There's been a lot of life-changing uh, uh, events that have happened to me. You know, I've been blessed to receive it. That is blessed. so cool. Now, The Gauntlet, and is the, that the a, Vegas that series came into town, too, the, uh, with Robert Urich. And that's, I, oh. I worked on the Vegas for three seasons. Either as a cool. cop, mostly as a cop. And then other ones, Coach oh, Jack, okay. oh, God, Cannonball Run came into town. I did Cannonball Run with, um, or run with the, yeah, the, uh, 
what's his name? <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Jackie Chan. Burt Reynolds. Thank you, thank you. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Dom DeLuise, and and I I did a scene with Johnny Yuen. He's a, a Korean comic. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, him yeah. at all. Yeah, Johnny no. Johnny Yuen says, "Hey, how would you like to do a scene with me?" And I said, "What are we doing?" He says, "We're going to do a thing called Cannonball Run." And he says, I'm going to be the Johnny Carson of Japan. He says, I want you to be my sidekick, Ed McChow. <laughs> Ed McChow. <laughs> Isn't that perfect? That's so I got, awesome. I got a script, and it was, he said, oh, we want you to do this in Japanese. Since uh, Johnny Johnny Yoon is the Japanese uh, Johnny Carson, just do this, you know, do the do the announcement in Japanese. So I learned it phonetically in Japanese, and of the, of the day of the shoot, uh, uh, Reddy, uh, God, I can't remember his name, the, 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 the director, Al, Al Reddy, Al Ruddy, Al Ruddy said, he says, you know, as a matter of fact, why don't you do this in Chinese? <laughs> okay, you know, uh, and I, I could do it, and I, I had a little, you know, it was a little rough for me. So, who saved me? Who was there on the shoot was Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Yep. Wow, how cool is that? Jackie Chan was was not a big star then. We, it was like right. one of the first efforts of him being visible. As as Jackie Chan, but then nobody knew who Jackie Chan was. But anyway, Jackie said, you know, here's a couple of things that you could say in Chinese, and he saved my bacon. Oh, how cool is that? Right, right, yeah, that's very cool. Thing is, I, I had I had a little trouble, you know, because it was a reverse guy. I had to do something in Chinese now, all of a sudden, instead of Japanese. Uh-huh. But I do a scene with uh, in Cannonball Run with uh, Johnny Yuen as the Johnny Carson of Japan. I'm still getting a little small little residual checks out of it, but it was fun. It was absolute so fun, cool. and it was it was awesome. wonderful meeting Jackie Chan, of course. That is cool. Now, what and then, of course, and then later on in the years, I had met Burt Reynolds, and I and because and I did two other Burt Reynolds movies. I did uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, and I never met, and we never did scenes together, Burt Reynolds. But I had met him later on at a, uh, a function. I said, Bert, I said, I've been in a couple of films that you've been on. And I said, we never did scenes together. And I'm I'm delighted to meet you. <laughs> and he says, oh, my God. Uh-huh. He says, yeah. He's Cannonball Run. Yeah, yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, of course. And blah, blah, blah. So it was, a, it was a delight to meet him finally. He's a neat guy. Bert Run was a neat guy. Cool. So oh, awesome. from there, cool. uh, I, I, they had open auditions uh, for the Flower Drum song. So oh. I auditioned for that, and they auditioned everybody in the country. Uh-huh. And uh, they liked my audition, and I landed the lead in Flower Drum song as Sandy Fong. How cool is that? Okay, so yeah, for, and, for and you know this person there. that is in the uh, cast, too. And she was a like a Asian Edie Gourmet singer in Seattle. I, I can give you a couple of hints. Okay. She had a good voice, and she was 
a younger version in the flower drum song one time. Any, any, you know her name at all? Any more hints? No, uh, I can't, can't play. She was like an Edie Mo, a jazz singer, Japanese jazz singer, in Seattle. I'm talking in back in the fifties. No, fifties, the sixties. Excuse me. In the sixties, yeah. Jazz singer in the sixties. Well, I was only like two years old. (laughs) I know, but this, this is how far back she is. And she was very, very well known, and she still is actually in the in the Asian community. Her name is Pat Suzuki. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, people no might want to Google her. Yeah. And she, I believe she's still she's not doing she's not performing any day any any time now, but she was in the same cast as I was, and she perpetuated the girl the um, the girl. Uh, girl dancer in the uh, original flower drum song, but wow. my version, she was the grandmother. At Suzuki was the grandmother. Mm-hmm. After wow. that, you know, when I did flower drum, and uh, I met uh, Jack Sue's son. He came backstage, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, I got to meet uh, him, him uh, during that time. And I don't know if it, there's an interesting uh, aspect about Jack Sue. He used to play, well, his name is not Jack Sue. His name is Suzuki. His, his original name was Pat, not Pat, uh, Jack Suzuki. And oh, he changed huh. it to Sue to almost like accommodate himself as Chinese because he played the Forbidden City in San Francisco. Oh. Ah, okay. Yeah, so so he kind of passes Chinese, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's cool. I just looked up I just looked up Pat and it and it turns out that Pat has um her original LP displayed at the Experience Music Project here, right here in downtown Seattle. So, See? Yeah. She's wonderful, by the way. He has the biggest and greatest chops. Oh, man. Cool. I mean, like I say, I don't know if you remember Steve and Edie Gourmet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Edie Gourmet was a fabulous, fabulous singer. And I'll tell you, Pat Suzuki had the same kind of chops. She could sing oh. like Edie Gourmet, man, and belt it out. Well, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna have to look up uh, some of her music, so I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, especially she's from Seattle too. You know, she's yeah. born in Seattle, so I thought yeah. I'd, 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 I'd uh, enlighten you of your, one of your local natives. That would be cool, and she's still around. Still around. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, let's see so. here. Where is she now? It says, um, uh, da, 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 da. I think she might, let's see. Uh, it just says here that Suzuki continues to sing and act on stage in small and major venues such as Lincoln Center, and she has actively supported Asian American civil rights. Um, yes. Yeah, and in 1999, Terrigan Records released the very best of Pat Suzuki on CD. The compilation album contains some of her best recordings for RCA Victor, 
including a performance of Love Look Away uh, from her 1959 album, Pat Suzuki's Broadway 59. So I am going to look this up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you'll be delighted <laughs> with it. You'll love her, because I know I'm you sure. like jazz, too, right? I like jazz, and I, I like uh, any type of... Uh, you know, I my uh, some of my friends uh, kind of make fun of me, and uh, they uh, they say even though I was born in the '60s, I'm too young to appreciate, you know, actually experiencing the music of the '60s when it first came out. I listened to a lot of it, and I've got like this deep fascination with Sergio Mendes and Brazil '66. Oh and, yeah, and jazz uh, from that from that time, you know, I'm into Stanley Turrentine. What's that noise in the background? Is that you, Bob? It's Bob. That is. I'm at the museum. Oh, God. It's 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 almost, an, you know, not audible to talk to Rosita. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. <laughs> That's oh, better. Great. What, I got what somebody you else, Rusty, I got somebody else blaming me for stuff. Oh, is that right now? It's clear. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I didn't want to be upstaged by, you know, your background music. <laughs> no, God. Thanks a lot, Bob. Yeah, but you, you know, you, 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 you here's, know here's, here's an exclusive interview, and you're, you're blasting, having somebody blast in a blaster in the background. <laughs> Thanks, man. But, but, but Rusty, Roger's been around for so long that when, when he opened up in Vegas, it was actually called Rock Vegas, and he used to open up for the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was in yeah, the car with Cliff Dragon. Yeah, keep right. Oh with me, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was no. not going to use that joke until he started messing with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, listen. You and I could, we could trade barbs all day long. You know, I know, I would, right? I would love to hear that. I would love to. I would, I would, I'll go, I'll go pop some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I would go pop some popcorn. That's right. So, for our listeners out there, if you want to call in and talk to Roger Lowe, give us a call, 347-677-0699. We're going to get into his acting career here in a second. Yeah, <laughs> I, ho- I hope the people that I owe money to won't call in, though. Oh, okay. Well, that's why we have a green room. Oh, I put you on. I don't owe, I don't owe anybody <laughs> money. They owe me. There you go. <laughs> So Listen, Bob, talking you're... about food, Seattle is the best. You know, when I, uh, when I said something about fishing, I went with my buddy, and we went out to the, the ocean, and we caught one of those little uh, Pacific uh, salmon. And mm-hmm. we, we went to Chinatown, and we had, we had friends in Chinatown that, that owned uh, restaurants. We had uh-huh. to hook it up that day. This, that, wow. We caught a beautiful little silver, like. 10 and 12 pound silvers, and they're mm-hmm. beautiful for, perfect for eating, my God. So we gave yeah. it to the cook in Chinatown, and we had uh, all this, the stuff, and the food is fantastic in Seattle, my God. It's awesome. It's awesome. I still yeah. go down to Chinatown. Yeah, the, the, still... the Fisherman's Market, yeah. the, the market down there is okay. Fifth Avenue, right? Was it the Fifth Avenue Market? It's on um, the Pike Place Market. It's on First. A Pike, yeah, Pike. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, Great food. Um, yeah, it's awesome. The Chinatown is still the place to be, um, and I still go there. 
to my dad's favorite restaurant. He used to go to Taitung Restaurant a lot, which is the, the oldest restaurant in the International District. Well, we call it the International District now. We don't call it Chinatown. I still call it Chinatown, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's still awesome. I'll tell you, when I was appearing there in Seattle, like 1 o'clock is like final final call for the drinks and everything everything closes up, correct? Right. Well, it's 2 o'clock now, but everything starts to slow oh, down. Oh, okay. At but, well, back then it was We're like, no I believe the last call was like, was like 11, 11.55 and then it closed the bar at 12 o'clock. And there was oh. nothing to do after midnight, right? Yeah. It's still nothing to do here. I found out a place <laughs> in Chinatown. And what, what you do well, then, it was then, I'm, I'm talking back about the, uh, let's see, 60s, the 60s, 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 yeah, 60s or 70s, in, uh, early 70s, some, say something like that, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone <laughs> took me to Chinatown, and we walked into a pitch dark alley, and we went into a little cove where there was a white button. Uh-oh. Press the button. Two longs, two shorts, and they let you in, and there was a whole bootleg bar open in Chinatown. Oh, wow. So you had to I press know. the instead of saying, hey, Joe sent me. <laughs> That's exactly right. But they, but they, they you, you press the button. There was a certain code that you had to press the button. And, and, and I went to it a couple of times, and I went through the front, which is a gambling joint. Uh-huh. And in the back, they had the, uh, the the place that they didn't sell booze. You brought your own bottle, right, and you right. left it there. It, uh-huh. it was kind of like a membership. And then yeah, you, you would yeah. uh, would uh, go to your own bottle of whiskey that you'd like, and you had to buy the mixer. That's how they made their money, oh, buying okay. the soda or the 7-Up is... or the Coca-Cola or, or whatever. Right. And that's how they made their mm-hmm. money. I went okay. through the front. I went through the front one time, through the gambling area, and I used to always wear a trench coat and a hat and things like that. And uh-huh. they thought I was a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out! There's a gumshoe. <laughs> That's right. They said, and then they said, "Oh my God! There's a umja." Uh, you know, they're saying oh, there's a detective coming through the door. You know, and I, and I understood what they said because I speak Chinese, I speak Cantonese, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I said, "Don't worry about it, man." He says, "I'm I'm 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 a Chinese guy just going back to the bootleg place," <laughs> and then there was a <laughs> sigh of relief. Phew. <laughs> oh yeah, I I I, no, I really spooked them. Pardon the expression. You know, I spooked them, and they thought I was a detective. Oh man. <laughs> I said, "Relax, I'm Chinese, man." <laughs> Relax, I'm Asian. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It was happening in those days. Seattle was a happening place. Like I said, I've had many wonderful times in Seattle, and uh, I have fond memories. Fond, fond, fond memories. Yeah, my dad used to tell me stories of Seattle in the fifties and in the sixties, because he was in his fifties in the nineteen yeah. sixties, and. Uh, <clears throat> And he spent a lot of time, especially like in the 30s and stuff like that. So he went through the whole. What did like, your father do? Thing. Well, my dad was a migrant worker for a long time in Hawaii, and then when he came oh, okay. over here, 
when he came over here in, uh, to Seattle in around 19, like early 1940s, I would say, um, he was a farmer. I had worked. Was, uh, did you spend some time in Hawaii too? Um, no, no. I was. Oh, let's okay. just say I was. Let's just say I was thought up there. <laughs> um, but okay, I, was born, yeah. I was born and raised nice. in in Seattle, but you know, since my dad spent a lot of time there, um, I'm very uh, I'm very into the Hawaiian culture, and uh, my mom and my sister are longtime um, hula dancers. My mom, uh, yeah. her soul, was a longtime hula dancer, and my sister still does hula dancing. Uh, hula is not my bent. I don't move that way. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that elegant. So your ass is too close to the ground. Listen, you could do anything. But Who are you, I've Bob? Seen all the things that you've done with a full whip and everything. Oh my God. <laughs> Screw you, Bob. Screw you, Bob. You know. You, you know what? Some of the movements in hula, you have to be close to the ground. And I tell you what. You know, your your knees and your legs will be crying if you try just five minutes of what of what hula does. It's crazy. I, I have I have a complete respect for hula, especially ancient hula. So yeah, and yeah, when I get around I see my a hula, uh, the Hawaiian girl do the hula, I said, oh, it reminds me, I have to wind my watch. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, yeah, and if I get around a bunch of my Hawaiian friends, it takes forever to, for me to get rid of the pigeon accent. <laughs> I had gone over there for my school to uh, ringside a full contact tournament for Buxam Kong. I was with the uh, uh, Buxam in in Vegas where he opened up a, uh, a kun, and wow. uh, I started studying uh, the five animal style. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, was Buckham Kong's uh, school in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. I started uh, training out of Las Vegas uh, the, with the Buckham Kong school, and mm-hmm. he sent me over to uh, Hawaii to ringside one of our fighters. Wow! And uh, it was incredible. I mean, this is big, big black dude for our school, and we figured, oh, he's going to clean up, man, clean up. So mm-hmm. it was the first round, and I was ringsiding, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the, in Hawaii, blah, 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 at the, a certain, uh, I can't recall the, the name of the venue, and uh, this is our fighter going up against uh, Bill Goodwin, and here we go, and all about 20 seconds, and he was facing, he had his back towards me, our uh-huh. our. Uh, our student, you know, our, our, our fighter. All I saw was mm-hmm. a shrug of the shoulders, and he went face down. He didn't even oh. ca- he didn't catch himself. Face oh, down. Man. He got, in 20 seconds, he got knocked out, and he didn't, like I said, break his own fall. You know what I'm saying? He just went straight oh, down, man. landed right face on his face. Oh, yeah, and it was yeah. found out that it was there was it, who he fought was a Hawaiian fighter by the name of Bill Goodwin, I believe if my memory serves me. And he was uh-huh. one of the biggest street fighters in Hawaii. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he got him, and he was out cold. And I'm saying, oh, I said, ladies and gentlemen, he just, I said, uh, our student just is flat face down on the canvas right now. <laughs> I'm afraid. Holy, holy crap. Just 
You yeah, went back and, and uh, then face planted. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, Holy and, moly, uh, that sucks. I got a chance to meet some wonderful martial artists in Las Vegas, too. John Natividad is a good buddy of mine. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I got to, to meet, uh, oh, gosh, Howard Jackson was a buddy of mine. Oh, wow. Yeah, like as a matter of fact, yeah. how, I, uh, how I met Howard was uh, John Natividad called me on the phone. He says, Roger, he says, I got a buddy of mine. He says, he's in trouble. I uh-huh. said, what kind of trouble? He says, well, uh, his name is Howard Jackson, and he was fighting at the International Hotel here in Vegas, and uh, somebody, uh, you know, between, between uh, before he went to fight uh, that day, somebody gave him a note and said, hey, there's a party at such and such an address. He says, why don't you come by after the tournament? Uh-huh. Okay, tournament's over. He gets into a cab and he gives the cab driver the address to go to this party. Uh huh. And I said, "Well, what happened, John?" And he said, "Well, Howard was in this cab, and all of a sudden there were red lights and stopped the cab." I says, "No kidding." And I said, "What happened after that?" He said, "Well, the cops came out. Evidently, the cab driver got got alarmed." Because of the fact that the address that he gave him was in the black side of of Las Vegas, which is a rough area of oh, no. Las Vegas, and he thought maybe perhaps that he was going to go and get in the cab and then rob him. Oh, because he's black, yeah. right? On right, the black side right. of, uh, of the rough side of uh, Las Vegas. So oh. evidently, he he did a little signal to the the. Um, Whoever was on, you know, who's on, on the radio, the, the right. dispatcher, he had, did a, a secret signal to the dispatcher to say, hey, send out a cop. So cops came and stopped the cab, and they uh-huh. came out, and they started roasting Howard Jackson. And I said, hey, well, what's, what's, what's your name, blah, 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 the whole, the whole procedure. And then he uh-huh. said, what's this with on your nose? And he started poking his nose where he had a bandage on he said, well, I was at a tournament, and blah, 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 karate tournament at the International. And he said, blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah, yeah, sure. And they were really roasting him up. And then he started, you know, he started poking him. And, uh, you know, Howard Jackson's a martial artist. He just, you know, right. he just brushed his hand by. And the next thing, the batons came out. Oh, no. Batons <laughs> came out, and he started fighting for his life. And he put those two cops in the hospital. Hello. Oh my God. Whoa. So that's how that that's how he got into trouble. And I said, Well, listen, I got a buddy of mine. He's a judge in Las Vegas. He's a real good friend of mine. Have him talk to my buddy, okay? Uh-huh. He's also an attorney. And so wow. he talked to him, and I. He eventually got back to me, and uh, Howard said to me, Roger, he says, I, I'm in, indebted to you. I owe you a debt of gratitude. He says, your friend Jerry Kaufman, by the way, who's no longer with us. He was my attorney, too, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he got me out of my bind, man. And I said, well, you were dead to rights. You know, you were just defending yourself because they were roasting you with, uh, you know, with the batons. Isn't that something? Man. You put those, right, right, yeah. Put those two cops in the hospital, man. 
and that's how I knew Howard. Yeah, Howard, and later on, Howard and I became really good buddies, and because he was kind of like a singer too, and uh, and uh, I got together with him and Chuck Norris, and we went on a couple of interviews. Uh, He did Delta Force with um, oh God, Lee Greenwood was doing the opening song for Delta Force. And I was hanging out with uh, Howard for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, I went through his sickness, his illness, through the cancer and everything, and he beat it the first time. He went to the city of Hope here, Los Angeles, and he beat it. He said, Roger, he says, hey, the the, the treatments are helping, blah, blah, blah. But the second time he he, he contracted, it came back, and he didn't quite make it the second time. So he was a great guy. I loved Howard. He was a sweetheart. Wow, he was he was like the man to beat. Back well, in the yeah, day. he he beat the All Japan champ here in the seventies at the mm-hmm. Dunes, and I believe I I saw that fight him and Benny. They had the fight with Benny the Jet, and I saw uh, Howard beat the All Japan champ too. Wow. Yeah, I have great, I have fond that. memories, man, of uh, of Benny, Benny the wow. Jet, and Howard. Yeah. So uh, you know everything transpired after that, and I came to LA and 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 uh, continued meeting everybody in the in the martial arts community and Bob Wall and mm-hmm. and uh, finally uh, Michael Matsuda mm-hmm. and got and it opened up a whole new social circle for me, which is wonderful. Everybody has such wonderful camaraderie. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about it. Right. Yeah, if there's if there's one reason why I would move to LA, it's it's because of that camaraderie, um, and there are more there are more cool events down in California for martial arts related type stuff. You know, I'm yeah. stuck up here in Seattle, and I gotta fly all the way down there for them. <laughs> and at one of the events, I can't recall. I believe well, one of the events I, I had bumped into Leo Fong. Uh huh. You guys know Leo. Yes. Yep. Well, I got a call from him, and he said, Roger, he says, I'd like you to do a scene in my movie that I'm doing now. And I said, well, what do I do? And he said, well, you're a drummer. And I said, well, that's a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to play one, okay? Yeah, I said, a drummer? And he says, yeah, you're also a kung fu fu instructor. I says okay, and he says you. I want you to uh, explain to the to uh, students in a class the relationship between drumming and, and kung fu. Uh huh. And I says okay, I can do that. He says yeah, I know you can. So what had happened is Leo had remembered me from the days of Herb Jeffries. I don't know if you know that name, you guys. That sounds he was familiar. a famous jazz singer. Yeah, okay, that's why. Yeah, so he remembered me from Herb Jeffries being a drummer. So you never Uh know where it comes from, you know what I'm saying, guys? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Bob, that background is driving me nuts. (laughs) Well, it's a short trip. You didn't want to walk, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll turn turn down the noise a little bit. 
Jesus, buzzing my chops here. Uh, Michael yeah, says was- hello. Michael just came in. He said hello to everybody. Uh, doing the Felix Rollins videos. And Felix is wearing a pink uniform today. Oh, he is. Well, I'm yes. pretty sure no one's going. I'm pretty sure no one is going to dare tease him about a pink uniform. No, I did like not see Diesel Bell. Bob, yeah, right. I I did not. Sh- I I finally showed up. I didn't go like, like when it first happened. The Elvis Gee ceremony. I was at the uh, a screening in Burbank of the the Blade Runner with James Hong. So I combined both. I went to the screening and the, the reception in Burbank at the Colony Theater, and then I rushed over to the museum, and everybody right. was leaving. So I, yeah, I called I, Mike, I, I and I apologized that I was late, you know, by not being attended. I heard it was a great event, too. You know, everybody was there. It was. Like I heard you earlier that Benny, Nikita, or Benny Arquitas was there, and, and some of the people from James Bond, uh, the... Movie and a bunch of other people, which I, I I hated to miss. But I, you know, you can only be at so many places at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I did get a nice picture with Michael, myself, and and the uh, the Gee, the Elvis Gee, and and uh, and everything. And uh, who was there? Crystal Santos was there at the very end, and everybody had already gone. But I did manage yeah. to, to catch, you know, to to try to make both events. But uh, anyways, uh, like I was saying, you know, meeting everybody with uh, in the martial arts community, and I'm I'm ready to do uh, to resume some shots with Leo Fong because we were going to complete some more uh, uh, fight scenes with in in my um, in my my episode with the the fight. Uh, it's it's uh, the 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 working title is Spirit of Shaolin. Oh, cool. And, uh, during my scene is when I'm explaining to the class about uh, the, the relationship between drumming and kung fu. Uh, you have to have your basics down, really get your basics down, just like drumming and, mm-hmm. and martial arts. Get your basics down and coordinate all your moves, get them really down, and then also have the stamina. And then during that time, do two guys come into the studio and disrupt the class in the scene? And, they, oh. and we have a we have a fight scene, and I do a fight scene with my drumsticks. I was gonna ask, did you use your drumsticks? You had to have. <laughs> yes, I did. I do a fight scene with my drumsticks, like like a screamer sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Right, so that's in it. And and Jeff Jed, I don't know. You know Jeff? Yeah, I know yeah. Jeff. Yeah, well, he's a stunt coordinator for Je- for Leo. And he loved the scenes that I did. And he says, we want you to do more fight scenes. So in the meantime, Leo caught pneumonia. And he's been recuperating oh, from pneumonia. And then he broke his, broke his either his wrist or his arm. And it's been, like, delayed for the last couple of months. So we're going to resume some scenes later on, either this month or in the middle of the month. Something like that. So, mm. um Mel Novak's in it, and uh, I talked to Mel Novak uh, when we were down in Chinatown that that night with uh, Joyce Lynn Lou's roast. And mm-hmm. I said to Mel, I, I said, Mel, and I said, we're waiting for some scenes uh, for Leo's movie. He said, what are you talking about? 
I said, yeah, I'm in it, too. He says, oh, really? And he says, yeah, Leo's been uh, sidelined with the the illness and, and the injury. So we're just waiting to uh, to resume shooting with Leo. Oh, so very that's the cool. latest. Yeah, that's the latest thing. Um, and, you know, they have a nickname, though, for the Cavs. Did you know that, Rusty? It's Leo's movie with Mel and, and uh, with Roger. No. What what? Did you know that? Yeah, it's no. called the cast of the cast of five hundred years. Oh, is that another working title? <laughs> oh, excuse me, you're the seniors. Yeah. You're talking about like seniors. <laughs> I don't want that. Oh, you're like giving it to me you. again, right? Yes. <laughs> you guys, I'm gonna go pop some popcorn. I'll be right back. <laughs> I gotta well, tell no, you, when Bob. When I said the cast of five hundred years, that's just him and Mel. <laughs> okay, get that rim shop ready. Do you know what Italian okay. Alzheimer's is? Italian what? Alzheimer's. Italian Alzheimer's. Ah, what's that? Ask me. Okay, what's Italian Alzheimer's? What 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 is Italian Alzheimer's? You forget everything but the grudges. Oh. 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 I got one. I, I, I have another one for you, Roger. Do, do you know what, what you call an Italian suppository? Upper U.S.? No, an innuendo. <laughs> innuendo, very good. I thought that was you see. That's a Greek suppository. <laughs> You, you got to upgrade that, Bob. A Greek suppository is innuendo. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I, I, I'll use that from now on again. Oh, okay. You, gotta, you guys deserve it. All, all these ethnic things, man, that you're doing. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo! You know, I know. I want to black... hear more about Roger's training, though. I want to hear more about the martial arts training you did in well, Vegas. Ask me. Ask me anything. Yes. Yeah. I just okay. the only things that I won't talk about is religion and, and politics. politics. There you go. Okay. We don't talk about but I, I do know about Catholicism. I know <laughs> about Catholic Catholicism, and that's rhythm and bingo. Because if you don't have rhythm, bingo. <laughs> oh. Well, and we know from the telethon, Roger, that Michael and I, if you look up unrhythmatic in the dictionary, there's a picture of Michael and me. Because we have no rhythm okay. at all. <laughs> None. Yeah. They, they did uh, the, uh, the, the hula group that was uh, playing toward the end of the, uh, of the telethon brought me and Bob and, and Michael up with the rest of the group. To do hula or Tahitian, it was Tahitian, not hula. Yeah, they brought us up for Tahitian. Tahitian. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I believe that was during the telephone, correct? It yes. was right and at the end. And it's true, white men have no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we 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 live down in stereotypes. That was us. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, of course. I mean, oh, no, it was horrible. Oh, I my mean, God. I, I looked at the joke. video. My, my wife wasn't bad enough to me to take pictures. She took video. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my god. You so were doing Kevin's okay Roger, until you lo- you were I, doing okay until it looked like a fish got stuck in your underpants or something. I was like, <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> then it's okay. not true. All Caucasians have rhythm, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more. Where did tell us your start in the martial arts? How you got started? Exactly where you started? Did you start with Buxamp, or did you go further back with the uh, judo of the fifties or sixties? I kind of yeah. In Vancouver, uh, there was a, in, during the time I went to Chinese school. Part of the uh, tr- the curriculum was kung fu, and we'd sit there in a horse stance for hours. My God. Uh-huh. Our, our knees started to uh, burn, you know, the, the horse stance. Uh-huh. And uh, that's the time when I started uh, my training in the Chinese school. We learned Chinese and language and a little bit of Kung Fu. So that was part okay. of the curriculum. And then I used to hang out with the, the Japanese guys, and I, I used to go to with judo. And I didn't like judo because of the fact I didn't want to – I don't like – being grabbed, I'd rather get it over with, uh, you know, get it over with before I get grabbed, you know. And I didn't like falling, anyways. I didn't like getting tripped and and, and falling over uh, the judo throws. Uh-huh. The guys used to throw me all over the place, man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I said, you know, the the saying was, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, but the smaller you are, the further you go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, well, you it's know, true. you guys. I know, I know, I know. Like, yeah, so since guys. then, uh, <laughs> growing up, uh, mostly my most most of my other th- uh, interests was was drumming, of course, and uh-huh. uh, going through all that. And then since then, uh, to the time I went to uh, had residency in Las Vegas, I had uh, gotten to get my my. Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu, uh, just up again by uh, attending uh, the uh, Buxam Kong School. And mm-hmm. I could continue the training there and uh, doing stunts later on, you know, during the uh, time. I worked with Kim Kahana, uh, who's out of L.A. here. Did some fight scenes uh, during the Vegas series. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And then we came to, to, Vegas, to, to L.A. at the General Hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, and the uh, one of the uh, principals of the General Hospital, uh, God, what is his name now? I can see his face, but I, I can't remember his name. Oh my God! Neither can I. <laughs> Luke, he was one of Laura, Luke and Laura that had played Luke. Oh, um. Oh. <clears throat> shoot, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. I, I yeah. He's retired now, and he's, he's, he was on that show for like 30 years. My God. Anyways, we do a fight scene in in one of the in one of the episodes of uh, General Hospital. Wow. And I was there as a as, as a guard in General Hospital, and then the director came up and he says, "Listen, he says he's going to come out. Luke is going to come out of this 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 area, and you're going to have to detain him. And you know, it's not you're not just going to stand there." He says, "So you're going to have to do do some kind of things to do, to to grab him or something." Do you? And, he, and the director said, "Do you know that fungu stuff?" 
Fungu. <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I know a little bit about that fungu stuff. <laughs> fungu. <laughs> holy, holy crap. <laughs> I know. And then, so I do, uh, we do a couple, a couple of rehearsals. And he is bigger than I am. He's six foot four. Oh, God, what is his name now? God, I can't remember his Anthony first name Anthony Geary. Yeah. What is it? Anthony Geary. And Tony Geary. Thank you very much, Bob. Right. I knew you were good for something, man. I, I still haven't <laughs> figured out what yet. Neither is my wife. Tony <laughs> Geary. Very much. Tony Geary is six foot four. I'm six foot two. Okay. So Tony Geary and I do this scene. We rehearse it a few times. And he comes barreling out of this area, and I stop him when I do a couple of moves, and I, you know, you just tap him, and it was wonderful because I pulled naturally. You got to pull in these in these scenes. You don't hit each other. And, right. and he went down like a sack of spuds, which was wonderful, man. <laughs> it was great doing the scene. He was so cooperative doing the scene, and uh, that was fun. Doing fight scenes is, is 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 wonderful when you can when you, when you get the right kind of people, right? As you know, right, Bob and the Rosita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. You get the right people, and you pull off a, a fight choreography uh, scenes that's all choreographed. It just it's like clockwork, and it's mm-hmm. so gratifying to see everybody do do the right thing. Right. That's cool. So that's it. You know, that that's uh, a lot of quite a few things that I've done in Las Vegas, uh, and continued doing some other things in film. And I did the uh, what should we call it, uh, Electric Horseman. I was in Jane Fonda's Entourage. Oh gosh, uh, I did a scene with uh, in uh, Barry Boswick's Megaforce. Uh, wow. Down there, a lot of the stuff that was filming in Las Vegas, I had auditioned for and 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 got. You know, do Kojak, and then I uh, did the uh, flower drum song at the live theater, and then I decided to come to to Los Angeles and started picking up right out where uh, they knew me in the music uh, industry from the people that I work with in the music industry, and I started working as a musician right off the bat. I started doing film and television uh-huh. as a musician because. Um, uh, Every time a musician played an instrument uh, on on television or film, uh, I got hired by the local uh, music musicians union here, and there was a contractor who who knew the groups that I've worked out of Las Vegas, uh-huh. and he started um, using me for his music uh, scenes whenever there was a uh, a scene in a film or or television for a musician. So, uh-huh. um, and I started. I kept working uh, as an actor and uh, musician in town. Oh, cool. Uh, that's as far as music. Right now, I'm more into production now. I'm I'm helping a lot oh. of people uh-huh. secure funding. I also help uh, film uh, film funding with uh, independent film production. Uh-huh. And I'm right in, in the middle of... Uh, Getting things funded for film production people, so that's what I do oh, now. Cool. Yeah, uh, oh, working okay. as an actor and uh, and secure funding for 
independent film production, which is exciting. Wow. I'm really helping help film, uh, film uh, producers. I'm working with some pretty uh, uh, big uh, producers get their mm-hmm. funding. For, That's and they, cool. They're, they're blockbuster producers, by the way. And oh, wow. uh, they're excited, and I'm excited. And uh, I'm right in the middle of it now, as a matter of fact. Uh, we're right in the middle of getting the ball rolling for the, the funding for it. Because I work with the wow. uh, investment bankers mm-hmm. with my, mm-hmm. my film funding. So uh, I have a wonderful working relationship with the film funders, the uh, the independent film uh, uh, banking, independent banking sources. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing now, uh, you guys. That's cool. I was gonna I was gonna ask. Wow, you know, finding fun funding for films. I mean, that's like, I mean, what all entails that? I mean, it's you know, it's, I mean, yeah, but it's. You, it's, uh, it's it's quite a bit. It, it, it occupies quite a bit, a bit of my time. It's a lot of legalese, a lot of paperwork. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's a it's a real learning curve, you know. The, I'll bet. Uh, but, and the, thank God, the uh, my my investment bankers are, are are patient for me to do the the the, uh, the learning curve. You know, the vernacular, and all the the little uh, the the little uh, terminologies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess it's ROI. like learning to be a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this is like somebody says, you know, they have it right on, on the on the paperwork. ROI. What is that? Return on investment. You know. Mm-hmm. So P O P O F. What's that? Proof of funds. You know things like mm-hmm. that. So you have to come up to speed with a lot of the terminology. Right. So that that's uh, I'm I'm right in the middle of that, and uh, that's exciting times. This is this is another another life changer for me, you guys. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's so cool I'm, I'm kind of executive were... producing uh, secure fundings for film. That's cool. That is cool, and and that's what your your company what because uh, your company's like I forgot what it was like Rodgerville Productions or something like that. Is that what, yeah? Well, your company uh, yeah, Rodgerville Productions. That. Yeah, correct. Okay. Which is going to change because I'm going to have to do a, a different uh, corporation. Oh. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I have to. I have to. I can't mm-hmm. mix both, all of it. Yeah. So that's another. Yeah. Uh, legal move I have to do, so I have to oh, pick out okay. another corporation. Yeah, would that know, be considered? A but if I can help anybody else out there, uh, have them contact me, and I'd be more than glad. To to help f- fund their their film their their and it's not only film I can do theater television uh, a pet project a charity mm-hmm. uh, of any sort that need fundraising of mm-hmm. any sort can help you you know cool. call me if it, if if I can't do it I'll I'll tell you right off the bat whether I can hit because right I, I I love to do that I, I like to pay it forward I know you guys are the same way too you pay it forward mm-hmm. you know what I mean yes sir so yep. I get great gratification helping people like that that's cool well we'll be sure to to pass that info on yeah um, for anyone that's looking to uh, get a project up off the ground yeah so anyways <laughs> I was at the, uh, I was at the movie screening yesterday of James Hong. And they're having another one tonight. Uh, Jeff Rector, you 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 folks know them. He's a uh, he's on the head of the committee of the Burbank Film Festival. Mm, yeah, I know him too, right? Yeah, Jeff I know, Rector, I know yeah. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, I'm sure you do. 
And uh, so he's having another thing at five o'clock this af- this afternoon. Yeah, and he's doing cool. another screening of that, and I'm going to be- attend that too at five o'clock. Awesome. And uh, now we. We've got about 15 minutes left to our live stream here on Blog Talk Radio. 15 or 1-5? 1-5, oh, yeah. 1-5, that's right. Minutes, yeah, we, we stop at 1 p.m. I talk that so long, we... oh, my God, I'm a long wind. <laughs> yes, okay. you are. Been, yes, you are. And <laughs> I was on mute saying, I told Michael, I said, God, this guy can talk. Michael said, he sure can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. So if anybody well, the thing is, I'd like to share this thing. You know, I, I get excited yeah. about sharing a lot of your your stuff and my stuff, and that's what it's all about, sharing yeah. uh, experiences with with different people and their and yeah. their uh, feedback. It. Right. Yeah, we love it. And the, but if anybody out there wants to talk to Roger Lowe, give us a call at three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. However, if you call, please press one. So that way it'll put you in our caller queue and we'll know that you want to speak live on the air with Roger Lowe. Otherwise, we're going to think that you're listening. So 347-677-0699, please press 1 if you want to talk live. Well, there was somebody that was listening and they just hung up when I said that. But <laughs> oh, the phone's up, ringing off the hook for me. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, we, got, we, got, we have somebody. We have somebody. They press 1. They called back and press 1. So let me bring this line up here. Area code five seven zero five seven zero. You are on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? Christina, it's Big Daddy. Hey, Tom, how you doing, man? How? Who is this rock star, Roger Lowe? I know his face. I can't believe the stories. I had to call in. Rock star, amazing. (laughs) I'm a jazz guy, man. Amazing stories. You guys talk. I'm a jazz guy. (laughs) You, I'm a blues guy. I'm a blues guy, but you had me at Cannonball Run. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I played a lot of blues too. I, I, I cut my teeth in a blues club, a uh, black club in uh, Vancouver, and that's all they played well, was blues. You guys were all out on the West Coast, I'm assuming. But if you're ever on the East Coast, you got to check out a place called Briggs Farm. It's in North PA. Brakes Farm is in Nescapec, Pennsylvania, and it's the fastest-growing blues festival, but it's like heaven on earth. You know, you were talking about paying it forward and sharing experiences. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Briggs Farm. Briggs Farm Briggs is Farm. like heaven on earth for, for like three or four days uh, every July. I think it's going to be July. Wow. It's the week, the, week after, uh, the week after the 4th of July. But if it's not raining, it's like, and the prices are fantastic, and they don't, you know, it's like, it's just really cool. Anyway. Wow. Are you a musician, uh, too? Yeah. Are you a shower. musician? In the shower, sir. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in the shower, I wanted to say, I, I back John Fogarty. Whoa. Oh, well, you know what? Okay. Now, Rosita, do you want to tell him I, I have my own show? But it's, yeah. And it's growing faster than the cannabis in my basement. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding, Rosita. The show's really growing. I don't really grow cannabis I in my basement. I know it's growing. You're, you're like busting at the seams, man. Yeah, we have, uh, in the last two weeks, I think we had 2,000 people sign up. It's ridiculous. My show is stupid. It's the dumbest, most stupid adult comedy podcast you ever listened to. But we also do serious conversations as well. 
And uh-huh. Roger, I'm telling you, your stories. I hate to just jump on Mosquito like this, but I would love to have you on sometime. No, let me tell you I'm the guys we got it. coming on. We got. We got a guy, you ever hear of the Almond Brothers? We got uh, yeah. the son, Devin Almond, coming on the show. Devin's coming Whoa. on the show at Briggs Farm. Yeah, so he's, he's blowing up, too. He's, he's, he's blowing up big time. But, Roger, well, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Stories. When you talk Vegas, when you talk Vegas and you got Big Daddy, that's my home away from home. I've been to Vegas over 50 times. Oh, well, that's, I cut my teeth 20 years in every major hotel in Las Vegas. Yeah, and you're talking That's the old cool. school, the Dunes, the Hacienda. You're talking the old Yeah, places, exactly. You know? That's yeah, exactly that's right. That's why I started. Back in the 90s, the early 90s, a lot of those places were still rocking. The Aladdin and uh, the yep. Stardust is oh, gone now. Oh, you're with it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I live Vegas. I mean, I love it. It's my middle name, Big Daddy, Vegas. Well, you know, Big Daddy, Vegas? Vegas? Well, no, you lived in I'm Vegas? just saying that I love Vegas. What's that, sir? Oh, okay. You didn't live there for any amount of time. No, you know, I did live there, kind of. What I would do is I would do my business on the East Coast, and then come wintertime, we didn't have work to do. So I would literally check into hotels, and the girl, when she checked Big Daddy in, she'd say, how many days do you want? And I'd go, well, let's try 30 and see how that takes us, you know. <laughs> and, uh, the young, That's considered living. The young lady. <laughs> Well, it was crazy. We were making big money. Remember back in the 90s, everybody was refinancing the houses before right. the big bubble and everything. So if you oh, worked yeah. your tail off like I did, you were making I, money. I also and, did, uh, uh, I'm, I do real estate, too. I'm, I do commercial real estate, you guys. What? what Listen, don't you Roger, do? we got to connect because I'm, I'm yeah, actually going to be making a film. How do we, I'm going to be get making a, a film. You, you can get in touch with me through Reseda, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you because I want Reseda in my – I want Rosita in my movie, and I'm telling you, it's going to be great. I'm We're going to blow man. stuff up. People are going to be jumping. There's going to be ninjas. It's going to be awesome. Well, anyway, I don't want to take location. Uh, we are going this bad. summer. We're going across country, and I'm going to try and hook up with Rosita. We I are meeting all that. kinds of cool cats all over the country, and uh, uh, you just have to pay attention. What we'll do is we'll hook up on your Facebook. We'll blow your stuff up. You blow our stuff up. But I'm not kidding. I, this is going to be this is going to be epic, and we're practicing this year. 2017, I told my audience, I said, this is just me warming up, but next year, it's on. It's on. It's on like Donkey so, Kong. Oh, so you got a six-foot-two Chinese guy that plays drums? Are you kidding me? You're going to look great next to me, six-foot-four, near 400 pounds. We're going to have you play the oh drums. Oh, my God. You, listen, can you <laughs> wrestle? I mean, I want you to wrestle. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I don't uh, wrestle. Uh, <laughs> girls, yes. Well, I'm looking for I'm looking for like I want a mermaid in my movie. There's going to be definitely pyrotechnics. Things are definitely going to get blown up. It's oh, mad. Yeah, Speaking of wrestling, I, I I just did a photo shoot with Americus, who is a uh, a sumo type wrestler here in in L. A. You guys know him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I just did a photo well, shoot last week with him. And he's he and probably I, weighing in about what seven hundred? How much does he weigh? No, no. I believe he's in the 300s. 300s? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's not. Well, he's way bigger. Yeah, he's, anyway, he's, he's a lightweight, I don't man. Receda, my goal was not to take over your show. My goal was to tell no, no, you that okay. you, know how I said, you know how I said my back is so bad and I'm not going to do the martial arts? Uh-huh. Roger, you inspired me. You said you didn't like to get pushed down a lot, you know, back when you <laughs> did your thing in Vegas. I'm going to go and join somewhere with Tita. I'm going to get in some class, and I'm just going to see if I can man up and take the pain. Because you guys are just showing me. 
you guys are just showing me too much fun, and I'm just going to oh, see I'm, what... I'm glad I'm, I inspired you, Big Daddy. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm, I'm near 50 years old, and, uh, you know, it's crazy, but I should have did this when I was in my 20s. But, oh, well, we're still going to try. Yeah, we can always say we try, right? But hopefully I'll get the fun. chance to meet you, Big Daddy. Roger, I hope Are so, because I, and I hope that what, I hope to, I'll send you some samples to my more serious conversations on my show, and if you'll dig it, I'd love to have you on, because I know we can talk Well, you can send it to my, my email. Okay, well, Rosita, can you get that to me? That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get that. All right, cool. Yeah, so send your stuff yeah. to me, This is a great day. show. The shows are getting – you know one thing, though, I want to say, Roger? That other guy with the phone with the noise in the background? Wow. <laughs> Jeez, what an ass, you know? What a pain in the ass. My show, my show is much more professional. We will not have that noise in the background because that guy's not on my show. <laughs> but, hey, Rosita, hey, your Dad. show is sounding great. Your show has sounded great, and it's getting better and better, and thank you for letting me be a little part of it. Um, oh, and I'll let you know you. how I do on my first martial arts, uh, whatever. Yes, I can go get my ass kicked. Okay? Yeah, I want to I see that. And if you All ever right, come guys. out to Seattle, if you come out to Seattle and you want to blow shit up, I got some friends out here that All do right. fire stuff. They'll Christina, set your ass you got to you gotta, <laughs> listen to me. you got to hear this story. You have to hear this story, and then I'm going to bail on you. Okay. My, the okay. artist for my show. The artist for my show is is a big deal in the art world, but he's retired now, okay? He's a little older. He does okay. every piece of artwork for my show. He started listening to my stupid show. Did I mention my show is stupid? Uh, it's really dumb. <laughs> it's but anyway, stupid. he started doing artwork about six months ago, and he's worked for everybody from Ralph Lauren to the New York Jets. And uh, I, can't, I don't want to, like, throw all the names out there, but this guy is good, right? Uh-huh. He 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 lives in your state, and God bless him, he's battling cancer. And we oh. he's literally like a main guy on my show now because everybody loves Omi. His name is Omi Valdez, and he's yeah. an amazing uh-huh. man. Anyway, um, you know about the contest today too. You got like another forty-five minutes to sign up, friends, uh, giving away money and prizes. But yeah, but yeah we're coming out there that. to see him. I'm coming out there to see Omi. So when I'm out there to see Omi, I'll come and see you. Yes. That'll be cool. Okay. Definitely. And then you can kick my ass. It'll be funny. It'll be great. It'll be funny. It'll be funny. It'll be, yeah, exactly. We'll Facebook Live. It'll be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Omi Omi is an amazing artist, and if you ever if you guys need any kind of artwork, he's amazing. So anyway, but Roger, uh, great talking with you, man. Show. Roger, great show. I, I I'm gonna shut up now and just listen. Okay. Thanks for calling, Tom. We'll, we'll talk to you Thanks, later, Christina. Big Daddy. All right. Yeah. All right, and that's the host of the Big Daddy Road Show, my buddy Tom Dwyer. All right, we've got only about five minutes left to our show. So, whew, we're going to turn the mic what? back over to, to, to Roger and uh, see if he's well, got you know, any... I've got a question for you. What's that? What? Are you ever going to go Skype? Oh, you mean like video or... or... Uh. Uh, do oh, Skype phone. programming at all, at all? You know what's 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 nice about this? It's radio. I mean, you you can do the interview in your underwear. Right. For for you, I put on my a pair of pants. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks no, for that visual. We've actually, we actually <laughs> is that we graphic actually, or what? We yeah, that was pretty graphic. Facebook live. We actually do Facebook Live, and I'm I'm trying to. I was gonna go live via Facebook today. But I was having trouble feeding um, two 
uh, audio uh, audio sources into through my mixer into the live video feed. But we've been doing live video for the last what year, Bob? You know, and uh, yeah, and we get we get we get a lot of a lot more interactive uh, uh, response when we go on Facebook Live, and uh, yeah, it's awesome, and I love it. I'm you know I just I just need to figure out my mixers and everything like that. And, but yeah, we've been doing video uh, video live broadcasts for about a year, give or take. Um, yeah. That, uh, yeah. I, I don't like to hear this again, uh, Stita. What's that? How do I get to hear today's radio show? Well, the, the same link that I had tagged you on on Facebook, um, we'll be able, you'll be able to play it any time um, after we go off the air. You have to give it about 15 minutes for the audio to process, and then the, the link that I'm going to send to you to your, to your Facebook chat is going to be up and, uh, up and available as an archive show forever. And I believe oh, okay. also if, if you go to the link, you can actually download the audio straight to your iPod or to your phone, and you can just listen to it anytime, burn it to a CD, okay. that kind of thing. So that'll, All right. that will be great. Very okay. cool. Thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me and Bob today out of your busy schedule on a Sunday even. <laughs> yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely today, too. We're in the yes. high 70s, right, Bob? Yep. It's a high That's 70s, awesome. beautiful day out right now. That's so and awesome. I, I'm delighted to talk to you guys and do the show. It was very cool to talk to you, too. It was great. I hope to, I hope to see you when I'm down there next. I'm going to be down there in May. Um, so I, I hope to get to see you. But yeah, give us a heads up, and then we'll, we'll get together somehow. Okay, sounds great. That's great. All right. Thank you so uh, and much, And I'll be Ryan. seeing you sometime, Bob, somewhere. Oh, I'm sure we will soon. Definitely. Okay, great. Hey, you guys. Right. It was like I said, it was an absolute delight to talk to you guys. It was an oh, awesome, you, awesome show. Thank you for joining us. Bye, Roger, and bye, Bob. Bye now, thanks you guys. For... Everybody out there in Radio Land. Signing off. Betcha. Roger Lowe's Signing left off. the building. Roger Lowe has left the building. Bye, bye, Roger. And thanks, Bob, for joining us live at the Martial Arts History Museum. Give my best to Michael and Felix over there, if he's still there. And thank you, oh, listeners, yeah. for, for joining us. I know I'm kind of still bummed that we couldn't go on Facebook Live. But, you know, I'll figure it out. I will figure it out. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have some kick-butt Facebook Live shows if I can figure out this audio. So anyway, until next week, have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye now, everyone.